1: You're listening to Stand Up Straight. We aim to provide a vehicle for allies to stand up for the rainbow communities, facilitating change, acceptance, understanding and dialogue. Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. Stand
2: Up Straight. Hi, everyone. Michelle in the studio with Clayton and Stephanie tonight. Hi, everyone. Hi, Michelle. Good evening. Good evening. Good um, we, uh, I just want to thank firstly uh, Beck for the news and the informer team uh, who we hear every Monday to Thursday from six thirty to seven o'clock. Uh, we uh, like to start off the show a little bit differently now, and because Stand Up Straight was um, likes to present the allies perspective element, uh, we like to nominate and discuss about some allies that we have. Uh, whether it's a person, a group or a country, uh, throughout, the, throughout the week. So uh, Stephanie's got to... Um... Uh, hold
3: on, hold on, hold on. We're getting a bit carried away. First, we need to listen to this.
2: Oh. <laughs> what have you you feel You, are, proud. you are proud.
3: Ally of the Week
0: on Stand Up Straight. <laughs>
2: Yeah, oh, Thank answer. you. Clayton no, has had a little bit of fun in the last couple of weeks because those that are a frequent listener to Stand Up Straight will notice there's a few different changes, and we're getting used to it. And we're we're uh, putting some uh, spit polish and glitter on our on on our show again, aren't we, Steve? We are indeed. We are. So and this little segment,
4: Ally of the Week, is a bit of a favourite of mine. For me, this week, I would like to uh, nominate Orlando Mayor Buddy Dyer. As, the, as my choice for Ally of the Week for his outstanding effort in recognising the first anniversary of the Pulse nightclub attack um, and also for naming the Orlando Gay Chorus Ambassadors of Hope, Love and Healing. We are going to listen to a little grab that I found um, on the BBC this week that just tells us a little bit about that.
3: Coming back here is uh, bittersweet. It's a sense of knowing who was lost, making sure they're not forgotten.
1: Josh Soto's taking me around the memorial outside Pulse nightclub. A year on from the shooting, the club hasn't reopened. The fencing around it's covered in tributes to the victims. And there's a plaque with photos of those who died.
3: So there's Shane. Even there, he's got a microphone in his hand.
1: Josh lost his friend Shane in the attack. Shane was a vocalist in a local band. Josh is also a singer with the Orlando Gay Chorus. While he was still grieving, Josh was asked to sing with the choir at a vigil in downtown Orlando. Buildings were lit in rainbow colours as the sun set on a city in mourning. I did not know it was going to turn out to be the
3: biggest event that the chorus has ever sang at. At that moment was when, for me, I started to feel.
1: I was there and I remember how the choir defined the mood and the moment for the city. After that performance, they were in demand.
4: the first anniversary of the Pulse nightclub attack I know that Mayor Buddy Dyer had organised 24 hours of solemn remembrance um, including a 2.02am private service at the club um, and then a midday service where the Orlando Gay Chorus again sung um, and they sang Cindy Lauper's True Colours so it was a pretty special 24 hours in the city
2: and it's interesting, Stephanie, that I, that the first at the top of my sheet was also for Ally of the Week. Was also there was um, at the vigil and the memorial, there was a group of 49 people dressed as angels, and they surrounded the Pulse nightclub. Uh, so a year after the shoot, the angels dressed in white and wore wings to surround the club as part of an early morning vigil for the victims. Now, can, I, I, I have this visual. It just looks... Yeah. And, and the photographs are just beautiful. And um, I think we nominate not just um, the mayor, but also, the like, the people of Orlando, I suppose. Yes, for being.
4: yeah, for, for jumping on board and, and really embracing the sadness and, mm, and, and, mm. and the memory of, of these, you know this tragic event.
3: Absolutely. I have no way to top that, so I'm not even going to try with any nominations or anything. So coming up tonight, we are talking from to Will from World Wide Wave about coming out, I'm going to say later in life, and hopefully he doesn't look angry at me or anything. So <laughs> He's smiling. You're you listening to Stand Up Straight. If you want to join the conversation, 0427 join 949, you can phone 1300 JOY 949 and speak to Mushin on the desk. And you can also email us on onair at JOY.com org au. Stand up straight on Joy ninety four point nine. Hey, I'm Tom Bainbridge, and you're listening to Joy ninety four point nine. It's stand up straight, baby. Let's get up and about.
5: Woo! Allies and stuff.
2: <laughs> we do yourself a favour. Uh, Tom Bainbridge's podcast. He was in with us a couple of weeks ago, and he was an absolute hoot. Um, and um, the podcast he,
3: is alive and kicking.
2: It is alive and kicking. So uh, thank you. Tom Bainbridge. Uh, So on Stand Up Straight, we're thrilled to be entrusted with people's coming out stories. Each one's unique and special, but constantly a reminder that life is really different for everyone. So tonight, we're joined by Will Lanting, an Australian aircraft engineer. Will was keeping a secret for 33 years, but let the world know he is open and very proud gay man, but he did this in one of the most public of ways. So finally, Will Lanting, you are in Stand Up Straight Studios. Welcome.
5: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
2: Do you, um, we'll talk about your coming out story because I think it's probably one of the most unique that I've ever, ever, ever heard, but um, Joy listeners would have heard you at about this time on a Tuesday night. Yeah,
5: I'm on uh, World Wide Wave. I'm very lucky to be a part of it. Mm. It's uh, quite a challenging program. Um yeah, I sort of feel like I've been thrown at the deep end from the start, but uh, look, grabbing every opportunity and loving every second of it, and I'm very thankful to Matt and the team for um, you know, giving me the opportunity and, and allowing me to grow with it. It's been fantastic.
2: It's great to be part of the Joy family, and, and you know, uh, I think we're very, very lucky. I really think we are. So we're going to get to know you. and We're going to find out, um, for those that haven't read the article about you, uh, tell us a little bit about your upbringing and family and was religion part of your life or not? Or set that little bit of a, a scene from a few years back?
5: Well, I guess I probably come from the most normal, boring background you could ever... <laughs> uh, religion was not a part of our lives. Um, my father was a Dutch immigrant. My mother was an Australian... Uh, Born and she was a a nurse. Um, Unfortunately, I lost my mother, who I was very close to at the age of ten. So I predominantly grew up with my my father. Um,
4: Any brothers or sisters, Will? Yeah, I
5: have an older brother and an older sister.
4: Okay.
5: Um, Yeah, and I lived in uh, in the suburb Nidri, which is sort of near Essendon, and yeah, typical normal school life. And as the article. Uh, indicates I'm very much an aviation person. So <laughs> having grown up next A to es- <laughs> having grown up next to Essendon Airport, I uh, was certainly influenced, and uh, you know that certainly shaped my career and and my direction and where I've ended up today.
2: And at school. What we like at school? I know. hated school. You hated <laughs> it? all the way through school, or was it more just at high school? Or? Look, I
5: felt <laughs> I, I felt that I was. I don't like to use the words too smart for school, but there was just something about me that, you know, I, I I'm, I'm always want to do things full blast and I always want to do things spectacularly and um, I always wanted to just get out there and, and do things. And to me, school was getting in the way. And, <laughs> and I, look, I began working on aeroplanes when I was 12 years old.
2: How does one do that at 12 well, years old?
5: you know, you're a little kid and you, you ride your push bike out to Essen Airport and oh. and people notice who you are. And it was actually an interesting story. An old uh, fellow who, um, his name was Terry Brain. He owned an airline called Brain and Brown Air Freight. And he said, come in and have a look at my aeroplane if you like if you like aeroplanes. And I'm, kid, yeah, of course, you go in and... I said, oh, wouldn't it be amazing to, to help you work on this old machine? And he said, well, come in Saturday and give us a hand. So, Gosh. you know, it sort of started from there, basically, for me.
4: Back in the days before there was maximum security around airports. Exactly. You could ride your bike in and, yeah, pick you up could, a
5: we would We would go to the airport and, and we could just walk around, or well, certainly Essendon Airport, you would never be able to do that in Melbourne Airport. But Essendon mm. Airport, you could wander around the apron mm. and speak to people. It's a very, very social environment now, it's all cyclone razor wire and yeah, you can't do anything. <laughs> so
2: unfriendly. It
5: is unfriendly and a lot of kids have been spied into aviation oh, yeah. by visiting the cockpit on holidays with mum yeah. and dad.
2: And- and we were saying this, yeah. my husband and I would always go into the cockpit, you just ask the, the, the steward, and yes, it was never a no. It
5: was a rite of passage for the young yeah. kids, and, and and I speak to many colleagues, and they, they say, I say hey, how did you get love for aeroplanes? And I said, oh, well, you know, we're going to the Gold Coast and yeah. went for a visit to the cockpit and flight, and I was amazed, so I became a pilot, I became an engineer, I loved aeroplanes, and that's gone now, they can't visit anymore except after the flight, they can obviously visit in the landing, but you know, people are keen to get off and get on to where they're going, whether it be home or holiday. So, yeah, it's society, but that's all sort of lost now.
2: Did you have to go to university?
5: Went to RMIT. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a four-year apprenticeship. So I got into ANSET in 1988. Um, very, very lucky. It was a very, very competitive apprenticeship to, to get into. Uh, four years apprenticeship to get your Aircraft Maintenance Engineers Certificate. And then you do a series of exams with the Civil Aviation Authority uh, to pick up your credentials so you can uh, go for a type course and get a licence and become a licensed aircraft maintenance engineer.
2: So w- we, your coming out story is huge. But I w- uh, so I'm going to – I'll fast forward and then we're going to backtrack. So yeah. you um, came out only this year. Yes. You are how old?
5: Well, I just turned forty-seven, so mm-hmm. technically it was at forty-six. You could say yes.
2: So I'm wondering why. Uh, firstly, had you ever ever acknowledged to yourself? Did you have any internal dialogue that perhaps, maybe you were gay, or you you know you felt that there was something different about you throughout all these years? What kind of thoughts, dialogue, or even conversations had you ever had with anyone?
5: I can remember the exact spot. I was standing around the age of 13 and I said to myself, I'm gay. And I knew it.
2: Out loud or did you say in your head?
5: Well, into my head, mm, to myself. Mm. Yeah. Um,
4: and how did you feel at that moment in time?
5: Oh, very frightened.
4: Right.
5: Yeah. Uh, look, you've got to remember this was the 80s. Um, certainly a lot less friendly than it yeah. is today. Um, and you've also got to remember one of the main things that frightened me and repressed myself was those television ads of AIDS.
4: Yes, the Grim Gee, Reaper. Isn't yes. that
2: mentioned a lot? Yes. Like a yeah. lot. And it's. It so deeply yeah. into our memory, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. But even as a 13-year-old, you had that thought process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did you? were you ever tempted to talk to anybody or did you talk to anyone?
5: No, I didn't. Um, but I did have a relationship with a neighbour, a teenage relationship, and um, I kept that among ourselves. I never spoke of it. I was always too fearful to speak of it and... The reality is, I don't know why, but... changed just, as well? Well, Do you think? once again, you've, we've got to look back. It's the 80s. Yeah, it's um, the
4: 80s, and you're growing up without a mum yeah, too. I yeah. mean, that's... Exactly. That, that. That's really hard because she may or may not that have been a confidant. may have made the but, difference. Yeah, just having that maternal influence in your life, it could have been different Exactly.
5: I was in... Uh, my my sis- older sister, she had left to go with her boyfriend and, and subsequent husband. Uh, in my household was my father and my older brother. So yeah. I never had... You know, any female support at all? So, no. you know, I've actually never thought of it no. like that, but that's probably quite yeah. an element. And
4: you've got a grieving father too. I mean, you're yeah. 13. Your mum's been gone only three years. It's you know, exactly. it's a very difficult time and in your family.
2: Even on television, what what did you see as a role model? And we did a show last week about you know about TV and role models, and you know there was some awful, horrible gay characterisation or caricatures of gay men.
5: And as a thirteen year old, yes, you're you're very influenced by that. Yeah. And yeah, going to an all boy school, having an all boy family, yeah, I've got I had no, nothing to turn to, nobody to turn to, so.
2: About at university, and you know, people tend to spread their wings a bit more as they're
5: yeah. the pump. Well, my my training, uh, although I went to MIT, um, we did what we call block release. So I fundamentally started work at Ansett at seventeen. Oh. Um, so straight into the workforce, a male-dominated environment. So that was probably another crutching thing for me, and a pinnacle thing for me at the time. Uh, to to put cement over myself, if you want to, and, and hide, yeah. um, because you're in an environment which was would not be definitely would not be accepting to a, a gay individual.
2: Is that because of what you heard, or you just, or and what you were surrounded by, or is it what you just assumed? Like, was it factually what you saw and yeah. heard?
5: Yeah, yeah. no. no, um, you know, it's the the anti-gay culture among blokes mm. in a workforce, in a in a in a tradie type workforce, can be. Even today, can it be quite horrific?
4: But that's interesting, isn't it? Because you know you were working for an airline, and the travel industry yeah. is notorious for you know welcoming Gainesville um, people, but in different roles. Obviously, not in exactly. trading roles, more in administrative roles. Yeah, so. look,
5: and, and, and certainly in the flight attendant department, it's just like, yeah, what, what's the problem? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah, but you know you, you got to remember that these these people are older. You know, a lot, a lot of the, my senior people come through the 50s and the 60s. So, you know, attitude was quite concrete and, and it, it it continues. And that's no fault of anybody's. But, yeah, it's just the way it is. So to go into an engineering environment in, in, in the 80s as a gay person would be horrific.
4: So what did you need to do to pretend to be a straight man in that, in that <laughs> job?
5: Well, basically, uh, I mentioned I had uh, a neighbourhood teenage relationship fling for the time <laughs> we separated just grew apart for natural reasons who knows and it was at that point when i started my apprenticeship i said to myself you know and in conjunction with the advertising on tv about mm. having aids so a combination of events um i said to myself yep you've had your fun time to grow up now and be normal
2: do you think it was a phase do
5: you think you thought it was no? I, well, you 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 could put it like that. Maybe yes, but um, it. I think was more a survival thing.
2: Yeah, I would.
5: Yeah, and that's. Yeah, I just remember saying, you know, time to grow up and be normal. And
4: I mean. Well, can I just ask you one thing here because yeah. I have had a look at your social media and I do and this is a terrible thing to say but I suspect you might be an aviation nerd. Oh,
3: just
4: a <laughs> <So> little. <laughs> perhaps did, you, did your love of aircraft perhaps over, uh, overshadow any other potential relationships <laughs> of the time? I mean, is that is that a possibility? That could be a possibility. Because yeah. people love their careers and I mean, you obviously love, you know, they, what yeah. you do we're doing.
5: Exactly. I mean, my career means everything to me. And yeah. um, I love my planes um you know, yeah, you, you have your challenging times, and you do get bored at times. But look, people are in awe of what I do, and I can't understand that to be brutally honest. But
2: why? Why can you not understand that? I don't
5: know. It's yeah, I mean, I, it, I've been doing it for so long, really. Mm. You know, and you do lose sight of you know what what you do do. Yeah. yeah,
2: I'm wondering as you got sort of into your 30s and a bit more comfortable in your skin, did you ever have a thought of you know what? it's just time now
5: for, m- for me through my 20s and 30s um it was a battle mm. it was always there it was always in my mind um I even developed an alcohol problem and I literally next week eight years I haven't had a drink
0: Congratulations.
5: um but I also recall sitting at the psychologist when I was determined to give because I can be a very determined person when I want to be um I remember seeing the psychologist, and I would go through all life's dramas and hassles and what made you become a drinker, et cetera, et cetera, and, and at the end of it, he said, is there anything else you want to tell me?
0: Hmm.
5: And I said to myself, myself, and still even then, eight years ago, didn't even have the courage to say to him in the sanctity of a psychologist's office that I'm gay.
2: That's extraordinary, and... um We've had,
3: yeah. a, we've had a wonderful take uh, oh, <laughs> Fasten your seatbelt. You've worked a wonderful takeoff. Uh have been working on that for the last uh, five minutes or so. Uh, uh, we'll be continuing with your in-flight service shortly. You are listening oh, to beautiful. Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. Org.au.
0: Tonight I'm going to have myself a real good time. I feel alive. we
3: listening to my mum, Stephanie and Michelle on Stand Up Straight on Joy
1: 94.9.
3: That was Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. Amazing song. And that was Mm -hmm. Will's choice. Will, why did you choose that one?
5: Well, to me, it's very symbolic. Um, Coming out, uh, it's been very empowering and uh, I basically came out because I want to be a better person and I want to do things with freedom and that song resonates everything for me now. I'm I'm really going forward, you know, and I'm ready to take on and change the world. I mean, it probably sounds very pretentious, no, but it, no. it's very symbolic. It means think a lot.
2: That's, you said, I want to be a better person. I want to change the world. I mean, how could that be a bad thing? That's a beautiful thing to say. A lot of people don't admit that that's what they want.
5: Yeah, exactly. I and
2: don't... And, and I, we, we've spoken a couple of times um, before tonight, and for you it's really important for your story to be told, and... You mentioned why you, you why you want to tell your story and why you want to keep telling it. What was the main reason you said that you wanted to tell? You know, the younger, younger and, folks. And to- look on
5: the other side of this microphone, um, I'm sure there's people who who are the same, um, mm. who who are unsure and who are scared. And um, it's basically when I started my apprenticeship at Ansett and. I made that decision, as I mentioned, to grow up and not be like that anymore. That was uh, a tragic and wrong decision. And I'm um, having to live with that lie to myself, to my family, and to my friends and everybody every day still. Um, and, it's, and my message is to get that out there that it's okay. It's okay to be gay, it's okay to be yourself. And you are lucky enough to live in better times now mm-hmm. and get yourself the support and be truthful to yourself. And that—that that is the most important thing. And that's the message I want to get out to a lot of younger people is the damage you do by hiding not only to yourself but to your family and to your friends is potentially and is far more horrific than being honest with yourself.
4: And we'll was there never anybody in your life that sat you down and said well have you thought about you know no nope things I, and no, no family member, no friend who called you out and nope. nothing.
5: I mean, some people have said, oh, I suspected it and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I went, yeah, like whatever. But um, no, no, I never confronted him. I obviously did a really good job of it.
4: And did you have relationships with women or did you just have no relationships? Did you throw yourself into your work? How did you live?
5: No, I I, I, I have a partner. Um, we've been together for 22, 23 years. Right. Um, and the coming out process was... That was the most difficult and the most challenging. Um, and I just really couldn't face lying to her anymore. She's such a beautiful and good person. And we still have a beautiful partnership. You know, certainly things change, yes, and things are still changing. It's early days and it's very challenging. But the partnership we have is fantastic. And
4: was she the first person you came yes. out to?
5: and I had to because, you know, she's the pinnacle. She's, she's the front line of my life. So...
2: How do you have that first conversation? How do you think of the right words for somebody that you love? Mm. How do you have that first? Do you sit down, hey, turn the telly off, I've got something to talk to you. How do you have that?
5: Pretty much. I actually went and seeked a little bit of counselling beforehand um, to try and deal with it. Um, It, oh, look, maybe it helped, I don't know, but... It's so difficult. Nothing takes away from that fact that it's difficult. And you, I, I you, you had to go through. Tonight is going to be the night. I'm going to tell the truth, and you've just got to go for it. And words. I mean, what other words are there? You just look. I. Uh, you just got to wait. And I just waited till the end of a TV show, and I just said, "Look, I'm so sorry. I've really got something to tell you, and it's pretty serious and it's pretty sensitive." And she said, "Oh, what are you gay?" And I went. What? I went. Well, actually, she burst your bubble. <laughs> pretty much, and I said yes.
2: Isn't that extraordinary?
5: And but she actually said it as a joke. Oh,
2: oh
5: no! And the her, you know, the the pain afterwards was horrific, and I can never forgive. From forget both my, of
2: you, I well, would to her.
5: I don't. I shouldn't say I don't care about myself, but um, I, I I was just so devastated for her, and still am to this day. Um, uh, and And I will do anything for her still because she's the biggest victim out of all of this. It's as simple as that
2: that's an interesting turn of phrase that you say victim yeah though you you, you feel that the people that you had lied to but everybody It's a victim were you doing it though to you were doing it to protect yourself Correct. as well but yep. i do you have a lot of guilt yes then? yeah I do mm. and
4: yeah. what are you going to how are you going to deal with that guilt Will?
5: um well it is just honesty. Yeah.
4: And so it's part of your advocacy work about kind of going forward and, and working through some of those emotions and feelings?
5: Correct. And once again, as I mentioned before, if I can get my message out to, to other people, whether they be younger people or whether they be other people, um, I'm not going to say that's going to heal anything, but um, yeah, that's my advocacy work, you know.
2: Do you – is she your closest confidant now? Yes. Yeah? Yeah, And can you say anything to her that you couldn't have said perhaps – obviously, aside from her not knowing that you were gay, mm. but is this now – well, this is an allies-based show. Is she your ultimate ally?
5: Oh, yes. You could say that. Look, poor girl, she's still a little bit sensitive to things. Um, I will say things and she'll have a laugh. I'll say some things with equal uh, punch to it and Mm. she might get a little bit upset, you know. Uh, but we're getting through it. It's she's a fantastic person. Um, you know, hats off to her. We're 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 building maybe a slightly newer and better
4: relationship.
2: It is. It's just changing shape. I, I, I would yeah. imagine. Yeah. Not not wanting to sound flip, but but no. she
4: must feel like the ground has been pulled from underneath. Yeah, her and, and I would. Have, and
2: and I think that's where your your guilt and. Um, yeah. But you're an extraordinary person. I mean, this is why she's sticking by you. So you you. you this this is something that perhaps you have to have a bit of a mantra of I would imagine too exactly
5: and look the poor poor love she wanted me to continue hiding and I just said that's not going to happen yeah. mm-hmm. you know and i and and maybe she i'm not too sure if she understands you know why i'm out loud and proud now and I, you know maybe in time she will
4: it must be such a relief for you though and oh, now yeah. you know the pandora box is open it must just do you just have a a physical sense of relief, as well as an emotional. Oh yeah! Look, relief. my
5: whole persona has changed. You know, <laughs> people have noticed such a change in me. Yeah. It's it's, and, and look, getting involved with joy and finding my confidence here and meeting new people and look, just just hanging
3: around the gay community. I'm much more comfortable with with. But this is the community, it's you found beautiful. your people. I have.
4: Yeah, isn't that lovely?
3: If you are having issues around coming out and want to talk to somebody, you can give Switchboard a call on one eight hundred one eight four five two seven. 184 527 And I've just noticed on the website they do web chat now from 3pm to 12am every day. So you can go to switchboard.org.au. You are listening to Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9.
2: On Stand Up Straight tonight we have the extraordinarily frank and lovely will lanting in the studio with us and and i feel a little bit um bit kind of taken aback about um um your story and your your life so far will and uh, and i we just said off here that that it's quite humbling and it's a, it's an honor that people trust us you know, with your with your story, and so uh, I want to acknowledge that and thank you. You, um, thank you. you're coming out um, continued with your and, and bear in mind people have to think if we're talk, we're not talking six months, we're not talking a year ago, we're not talking five years ago, we're talking this year. Yeah. So um, you told your partner, and then your brother and sister. How did that go?
5: Well, it was interesting. Um, I basically contacted. Uh, well, you remind me of the Fenneman part of my life. Uh, my sister is the only one I have. And you could say next one down the list to tell and probably the next easiest to, to tell. And I text my sister and I basically said, look, I, I need to catch up and have a little bit of a chat. And I think she got a little bit inquisitive and what's it about? And you know, I, I always like to, to do it properly and say it face to face. And I kind of regret doing it in a text. I, I continued the conversation and told her I was gay. And maybe after a few seconds of pause, she basically wrote back and said she still loved me and she thought it was great and so on and so forth. And um, But I did have a little bit of difficulty telling my brother. Um, we probably didn't have the best relationship throughout our life. But we were, you know, in the recent decade, things had gotten a lot better and I was very fearful of telling him to in case that good work had maybe Mm -hmm. destroyed. You know, it's genuine fears you have. Maybe Mm -hmm. they're unfounded, but the reality is those fears are there. Mm -hmm. And I also, one of my biggest fears was coming out at work. Um, That was a very big thing. And I I really can't remember what the chain of events were, but when I made the decision and I'd basically spoken to some hierarchy at work, they said um, the opportunity is to be on the Rainbow Roo on the Mardi Gras float with which Qantas. Is,
2: Rainbow Roo is, for those that don't know, what's a Rainbow Roo?
5: Well, it was the uh, Mardi Gras float, the Qantas mm. Mardi, Gras, Mardi Gras float. And, um,
4: and the Rainbow Roo is also an aircraft too, isn't it? Yes, it is. And yeah. it's
5: uh, A330, which is uh, QPJ, which is the registration. <laughs> and um, <laughs> that's the AvGeek coming out. And quite... Quite funny, uh, which was tied into the chain of events. It did its first flight from Sydney down to Melbourne and was going to Singapore. And quite coincidentally, I was assigned the aeroplane to certify it to Singapore on I its first. I read that today. Trip.
2: And c- for, certify means what? Uh,
5: sign the maintenance release and certify the aircrafts Basically, return to service.
2: It's right to fly. It's okay Correct. to fly. Is yep. that right? So the buck stops. You know. You, it doesn't go any further unless you say so. With its beautiful rainbow, rainbow tail.
5: It, well, and it, it was, uh, and it looks great. And I'm really, really proud of that aircraft. And I bet you yeah, are. love QPJ when it
3: comes through Melbourne. <laughs> and, and since homosexuality is criminalised in Singapore, great country descended to send exactly. it to as well. Exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> was that well planned or accidentally on purpose? And well, who knows? Who knows? The, yeah. So tell us, for those that have waited and, and don't really know, how did you come out at work?
5: Well, yeah, so I made the decision and it was, you have to work out how you're going to do this. And I think at that time, and i certified QPJ and a series of events happened and I made the decision, um, look, I'm going to have to let the world know now. Um, And I think the best way to do it, instead of telling people one by one because rumours and misinformation can spread Mm -hmm. like wildfire. So the best way to do it was to be a part of the Qantas team at the Sydney Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras. And that was the most wonderful and inspirational and overwhelming experience I've ever done. It was, and I literally, to me, I I walked down Oxford Street and I walked away from the old me into the new better me.
2: Before we talk about the new me, what did you feel like getting dressed that day and night? Loved it. Before it. What what were you thinking and feeling? Did you have any reservations or did you just know it was right? No, I knew it was right. Yeah.
5: I knew it was the right thing I was doing. Uh, As tough as it was, yeah, I definitely knew it was right.
2: Well, just – sorry,
4: Clayton. Just seeing some footage, because Clayton had been showing me photos a little earlier, but seeing some footage earlier today of the Rainbow Roos marching down Mm. Oxford Street. You looked like you were quite a big group. Mm -hmm. Amongst the Rainbow Rainbow Roos, are there any allies in that group or – Are they all just LGBTI people from Qantas?
5: No, they're all LGBTI people from Qantas, yeah. Okay. um yeah, and look, and then they are my allies. You know, they're yes. wonderful people, my wonderful friends.
3: So you couldn't hide behind, oh, I'm just an ally, <laughs> 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 just an ally over here. Uh, I was flipping through my phone while in the first segment and found, oh, I actually have a photo of Will on my phone in a totally non creepy, non hook up app <laughs> way. Uh, so he, yeah, you because I was there at Mardi Gras, and I okay. found you in my phone. Oh, well, there you go.
2: And one of the photographs I think I've seen of you is that you you sort of got your arms out, is that yeah, like you're and flying, was so and,
5: inspirational and of the blue, and then everyone yeah. else started doing it. And people were cutting the crowd, and I just thought, "I'll do the aeroplane. This is great." And, you know, Isn't not only did I beautiful? walk down Oxford Street, I ran down Oxford Street into mm. the new me. You know, yeah. it was brilliant. And
2: could you've almost been alone? It didn't matter who was around. This was the your yep. moment, and that wasn't that's not in a selfish way. This was just purely your moment.
5: You could say that, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, one of the one of the beautiful things. I mean, not only was it coming out to work, and that um, was my way of telling everybody at work who I am. Um, I also allowed it to tell my brother
0: mm-hmm.
5: as well. And I, I, I never had the courage to tell him. And I, I called my sister and said, can you do me a favor, please? And she said, what's that? And I said, I need you to tell my brother. And I said, but let's do it in a fun way. I said, <laughs> when he comes home on a Sunday night, because the Mardi Gras was on a Saturday and it was aired on on the Sunday night, can I get you to ring him about 8.30? thirty <laughs> and say, oh, how are you going? By the way, are you watching the Sydney Gay and, Festi- Gay and Lesbian Mardi Gras? And he will go, no way in the world. What would I be wanting to watch that for? Mm. And you can say, well, I think your brother wants to try and tell you something.
2: <laughs> and is that what <laughs> and happened? And that's exactly
5: what happened. And they leaped for the TV in disbelief and put it on. And and it took probably, I think the poor fellow was in shock himself, but he, he called me about five days later and you know, said, "Well, I think we've got something to talk about, haven't we?" And I go, "Yeah, I think we have." <laughs> and, um, and look, you know, that 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 fear that I mentioned, that that good work that we'd probably restored a lot of relationship. Um, I think now coming out and being me has probably made our relationship even better.
4: Oh, that's great isn't to hear. that. not it? What about your Qantas colleagues? What was their response, Will?
5: Look um i i had the biggest fear in the world with them there's the blokes the blokes there's a lot of what mm. i call chest beating you know they'll mm. they'll say things because they're blokes and they they admit being tough and they can say you know anti gay or homophobic things and the reality is they don't mean it they're just being blokes they're just being tough and and that that was the chest beating which frightened me as a kid and that's yes. the message i'm getting yeah. through to yeah. them at work now is mm. that sort of fun chest beating that you do to pretend, pre- demonstrate you're a man actually does a lot of damage, especially to young to minds. To young
4: people, I know. Mm. And that's and people do it not intentionally. No.
5: And then, look, coming out, I think I, I went back to work, I did my first shift, and it's like no-one saw this, no-one's saying anything. And, and I think maybe a couple of people saw it and said, oh, look, obviously you had a bit of fun or something like that. And then the second day someone came up to me and said um, – you're in the Mardi Gras festival with Qantas. Yes. Why are you gay? And I went, yes, I am. I'm gay.
2: Was it hard to say those words?
5: It was horrifically hard. Wow. Yeah, still. And did,
4: do you respect that person for coming up to you and asking you instead of just pretending that they hadn't seen it or the other sort of responses? I
5: do. Uh, look, and it does. It takes one, you know, a waterfall starts with one drop mm, and yeah. that's that was the one drop. And then... And I said, I'm still me. I'm still just as good. I'm still just as hopeless. I'm still just as everything. Mm. Um, nothing's changed. In fact, now I'm just trying to be a better person. I'm not lying anymore. And I'm not going to lie anymore. And it's up to you whether you accept me or, accept, or, or not. And it was astonishing. It's It changed the whole dynamic at work. And yeah. and um, everyone's fantastic about it. And look, talk about allies. My My crew and my workmates are my allies. They're... They're fabulous. And we've broken so much ground and talked about those chest beating yeah. issues and
2: So you became this vehicle for conversation and change, really, didn't you?
5: I think yes, yeah, certainly yeah. I have.
2: Yeah. There's a, one of the quote and I've written I love this quote, you said when you're out you work better.
5: Exactly. You do.
2: You and you, you obviously you're well you're not having that double life or, or, or having to pick and choose what you do and don't say anymore.
5: That's so, right. Yeah. yeah. Um and you do you do work better, and um this is deep stuff mm-hmm. you know you can't you can't put words to it you know and it's not also working better, but being better with people and 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 it has so much effect on you when when someone's living a lie, whether it may be their sexuality or something else, the effect that it has on their persona and their confidence and is is incredible, and once that's gone it's um you know, it really does. It makes you a better person. I have no words to to and, structure and, it, and but it's I'm so wondering truthful. how
2: you sum up how you're feeling, but I think the fact you, you probably just have there's maybe in you know in a year or two's time you look back and think, oh, that's actually really what I felt. But it just sounds like you're alive.
5: Yeah, maybe. You know, yeah. um, well, I think what I've discovered about myself is I'm probably a little bit more creative than than and than what I gave myself credit for, and hence I'm here at joy. Doing things and creating things, and I'm, I'm loving. I'm finding it. I'm finding a new me as well, you know, which That's, is fantastic.
2: Joy's been really pivotal for you as well, hasn't
5: it? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Joy was for several years. Um, I would be driving home, or I would be sitting in a van at work, and I would put joy on, and, and it was, yeah, it was just there for me. It was like a, yeah, like an ally. How well. do I yeah. hate to use the word again? But,
4: a little connection, but it, it yeah. was
5: a little connection, and and look, it gave me it was a component of self-confidence to come out and you know had a whole community to go to and it was when when I that was one of the pivotal things I decided I would do was I needed to be among my own and the best way to do it was to give back and come and get involved in joy I had done a little bit of radio in the past talking about the Malaysian 370 incident and I really enjoyed talking on air and it was just like wow, I can be creative, I can be around my own people, I can do some good, I can get some information out there. It was just a win, win, win for everybody. Mm. So hence, yeah. It's
4: and here is another reason why <laughs> you need to donate exactly. to Joy. Joy it is so is important, so important yeah. for lots of people in the community, so please donate to Joy. We are coming towards the end of our Radiothon campaign and we have got $58,000 to go, so please, please donate
3: it actually went to 57940 nine
4: forty while, while we we're, were on
2: air. On oh air. My God, there <laughs> you go. There you um, go. So, Will Lanting, yeah. you have been extraordinary. You've ex- inspired me. I'm surprised I'm not crying. You, have, you need to know that you are doing an extraordinary job and you, you are doing good. You are a, um, an inspiration to people and I just hope that people out there that have, have listened, anyone that has listened to your story, which is, is probably a lot bigger than we've able, even been able to go into tonight... I want to thank you for for sharing yourself with us and we will... um, Thank you for having me. We will uh, get to know you a bit more as we hear you on the Joy Airwaves. so we will uh, say goodnight. Thank and, you. And uh, we will come back and wrap up. Thank you so much, Will Lantern. Thank you, Will. Thank yes. you. And
5: don't forget to listen to us on World Wide Wave. At Seven n- o'clock
2: on a Tuesday, Tuesday night. <laughs> we have had a message come in uh, from Stephen. What an incredible story, Will Lantern's story. That is awfully jealous of Will's credentials. Would love to do some plain spotting with Will one night. To stay on Joy, you will be listening to Family Matters next and The Woods and... Shop? Pop chops. chops, yes, thank you. Uh, who have we got uh, next week? Next Ste- week we have an extraordinary <coughs> guest. It must
4: be the season for coming out stories because yeah. on Stand Up Straight because we have Rich Bartlett, who is an amazing young man with mm-hmm. a fantastic story. So please join us next Thursday night at seven o'clock on it's Stand Win- Up
3: Straight. It's winter. You think people will be staying in?
4: Oh, so. they're all coming out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you, everyone. Put your thinking caps on out there for your allies. Uh, keep a lookout for them. Send us um, send us uh, who inspires you as an ally. That um, you can do that on our Facebook page. You can do it on. You can go to our uh, go to the website and go to the program grid and find Stand Up Straight there. Yeah. And you, you can them. catch was- up on podcasts as well.
3: Done by Stephanie Sun.
2: Paddy. So have a great week, everybody. Thank you, Will Lanting, for being our spectacular guest tonight. Good night, Clayton. Good night, Stephanie. Good night, Michelle. See, everyone, you've been listening to Stand Up Straight on Joy.
3: And enjoy the come fly with me. <laughs>